and welcome to episode 25 of A View From The Dugout with myself, Chris, from Surreal On The Budget. I'm joined tonight by my co-host, a man whose dream day out consists of a round of golf with Jimmy Tarbuck and Bruce Forsyth. It's Russ from Scotland Surreal. How are you, Russ? Four! <laughs> You're four? Okay. Yeah. Uh, mental age. Uh, I think we both probably could pass for that. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a tough old week in the last uh, seven days on Surair for uh, I think for the pair of us. I've been doing a bit of overhaul as uh, as I know you've continued so. But um, if we were to quickly look at our game weeks, Russ, how did you get on last week? Well, first and foremost, the uh, like we we mentioned the the UK football being cancelled. Yeah. I think it probably put loads of managers in not just a bit of a panic, but. Lots of guys obviously looking at their galleries going, oh no, I need to either buy somebody to put a team out or didn't bother. I think what I did notice just prior to putting my teams in, and the worst of it was, I actually, in our little sort of group chat, said, guys, there's a very good chance the UK football will be cancelled right across the board, Scottish and English. <laughs> Take the players out of your team. I was busy at work on Friday morning, and as you know, I never normally work on a Friday morning. And I was doing my teams at 5 to 11. I had three offers in Mopaval. He rejected two and accepted one. The one that he did accept included Dylan Levitt of Dundee United, who I was keen to get from under 23s. I was so excited to get him, I immediately put him in my team, forgetting that there was no Scottish (laughs) football. So tit of the week would be me. Um, So that was my under 23 team. Wasn't, uh, Wasn't ideal. This week, I have won the grand total of a tier two common. Well, I mean, it, it is better than a tier three common. Well, there is that. You know, every cloud, every cloud. Didn't um, even win the yeah, I, di- I did see that on uh, Friday morning, and I think I got uh, an expletive led, uh, laden message from you. Uh, about how you shouldn't be working on a Friday so you could get everything done. Um, I was actually trading right up until almost 5 to 11. Um, similarly, I was trying to make sure I had my teams out, but I was short uh, because I had, you know, Kevin Van Veen sitting in the team. I had uh, another another rhyming one. I also had Nicky Clark in there as well. So it was a case where I had to go and, you know, make adjustments. And I did. I picked up a couple of players. I also sold a player right at deadline. Um, but it was all all good. Um, I hit the lower ETH, which, to be honest, I was I was expecting less from my goalkeeper because, remember, I said uh, Sahin Radlinger was playing against RB Salzburg and I was just waiting on the, the goals flying in. Well, he ended up on 21 points, but... To be fair, I'd counted them for zero, so so that was a bonus. Um, if the third goal doesn't go in, I would have hit the higher ETH, but instead it was just the lower ETH. Um, but it was it was also the week where I decided that is me with the limited cards, mm-hmm. and um, my specialist team actually, you know, I had four scores right around sixty, and I had one where the player went off injured after twenty minutes. Nothing could be really done about that. Um, I finished seven points outside of it, but you know what? Realistically, even if I'd have got an extra 10, 15 points, I'm still getting a card that was going to be worth about five quid, Russ. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously, I, I know the referral rewards just now are the Tier 2 Challenger Europe cards, I believe. And that, because they're getting pumped out and churned out, it's it has had a wee bit of an impact on their prices as well, because I've seen some Tier 2 prizes that were coming in 
under 10 quid as well. So I thought, do you know what? Not worth it. Not worth it. And I was sitting with a wee balance on Saturday, I think it was. And I spied, because I've been uh, looking at the second tier of, of the Spanish leagues, I saw the one of the goalkeepers had started. And I hurriedly ran to Pavel Trader's gallery because he had, knew he had one sitting there. Uh, but unfortunately, he was offline for about three hours. So I didn't get it for the price I wanted to get him for. I ended up getting him for almost double what I wanted to get him for. Uh, however, I've got a second rare goalkeeper now, Russ. So Fantastic. that opened up the opportunity now to go back to a, a two a two rare teams. Uh, well, three really, because I could still use an underdog team as well. Yeah. So I'm now looking at all-star rare and challenger rare. In the meantime... But when the second division league comes out, I think I'm going to swap to that um, and go all-star and the second tier one because now we've actually got a halfway decent second tier team. Um, so, yeah, that was that was basically my my game week in a nutshell. No major performers. I had Haver Nielsen, um, who have proclaimed uh, Haaland's hero, uh, a fellow Norwegian forward, and uh, he scored at the weekend. So that was really... And Zeno Dinov, who... Literally 10 minutes before we came on uh, to record the podcast, Russ has just sold for over £250. So yeah. uh, he's he's left the gallery now, but it was too high of a value for, for me to turn down when he's going to not play for four months. And what so, did you buy him for? Um, I paid 0.12 for him. And I just sold it for 0.18. Yeah, I think it was about 100, 155 quid, I think I paid for him. Mm-hmm. So, better part of 100 quid's profit, basically, on them. So, and that's twice you've sold them, because you sold them sold on them. last week's pod. Yes, I did. I did. Uh, do you know what I'm like, Russ? There's a chance he might have reappeared before the deadline. But to be honest, um, I think we just spoke about it briefly there. Obviously, the Russian league with the winter breaks, uh, that might be a topic we could probably touch on today, actually, Russ. But the winter break there is going to stop from uh, mid-November, right way through to March, I believe. Yeah, uh, and that is a, a long, long time for somebody. With I mean, I'm still only sitting with uh, 16 playable rares. I've got the four Dundee ones still sitting there. I've still got the Dundee limiteds. I've not sold them, and I don't intend to either. But um, yeah, it it's too much to sit, you know, and hold and just you know try and play the play the averages with. But I'll find another card that will do me justice, and you know, hopefully help me get towards cards. That's mm-hmm. that's the aim with that one now. So you mentioned you sold your, your limited. How, how many cards did you have there just before the weekend then that you sold? And obviously, how much did you raise? And then what did you what did you use the money for? Well, before the weekend, um, I think it was actually down to about 14. Um, I think I'd, I'd narrowed it down quite far. But what I've ended up doing with that is, I, I, it's hard to say how much I actually raised in total. I know with the last lot of players that I sold there, uh, like my specialist team, I had... Uh, two players, I had my goalkeeper that went for about 0.03, that was the Ibiza goalkeeper. I had Addis Jasic, who went for, I think it was 0.025, um, and a couple of other ones there. I think all told, that was about 0.07 or 0.08. Um, but what I have done is I have actually invested in quite a few of the La Liga Smart Bank or the second division uh, in Spain, for the primary reason, uh, they play right the way through the World Cup. So yeah. it allows me to have a team that I can actually use right the way through the World Cup in the thresholds every single week. Uh, it's a 42-game season that they have. So there's plenty utility there as well. 
Um, there's a limited number of cards because a lot of these boys are either from relegated teams like Levante or uh, Alaves or what have you, but there's also a lot of players have transferred from clubs, um, yeah. you know, like from Villarreal to the, the second tier and things like that. It's also quite a few more, what we would say, more senior players, I shall say. I'll be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've got Ibarra there. I think he's 34 or 35, mm-hmm. but he's such a quality player. He's gone down a tier and he's scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like so the the age factor in there isn't a big concern. So yeah, I've 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 done that. They also play through the international break, and um, so next weekend when we're normally I'd be sitting twiddling my thumbs, um, getting frustrated with Steve Clark and tactics and all this stuff. Instead, I'll be solely focused on the Spanish second tier, um, which will allow me to hopefully continue the streak of getting the ETH, um, which as I said is to to pay off my holiday. So yeah. And for our listeners' sake, I'm guessing that you're just going to move that team into your global the weeks of the international. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's entirely the case. So for just now, um, I've got a mix of uh, League Two in Spain and also the second tier in uh, in Germany mm-hmm. that are going to be in my global all star at the moment. Okay, And then, uh, like I say, once the second tier, now I did notice, and I'm, I'm wondering if this is, because they did, obviously did say it was going to be coming over the, the autumn. However, when they released the calendar, they only released it for 305, 306, and 307. Now, it's always, it's always a two-week. So my thoughts were, is that going to be when that league launches? Do you know what I mean? So I'm kind of sitting there going, right, okay, or, you know, they might hold it back. It might just be because of the international break and I'm maybe reading too much into it. But that's what we all do. We always speculate. You know, people always speculate on new changes and things like that. But that league's going to be coming. But now we've got a goalkeeper for there. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, Sinan Bacchus got his first appearance for Andorra. I didn't realise they were actually owned by Gerard Piquet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they he came off the bench and scored a, a late, late equaliser for his team. And uh, so you, you feel like, okay, he's probably going to be looking at starting. Um, I actually had a look at a card. In fact, I shouldn't have said I had, I had a nosy uh, at, the, at the Spanish cards. And I, I did actually see that you had one listed, Russ, that you'd actually picked up who went to think he was still in Belgium. Uh, was it Gaia that you've got? Um, you've got guy. Yes. yes. So I seen that he was listed there and I thought to myself, well, do you know what? Is that worth selling or are you worth waiting until he uh, finds his feet and his fitness into the Spanish team and starts getting those games at that time? You know, I so- picked him up primarily on the fact that I knew he didn't have a future in Belgium, 100%. So I'd done quite a bit of research into it and pretty much in the way, much to a much lesser extent, in the way that sort of Jackson Maleka reignited his career, there are three or four strikers that have been playing in the, the Upower League that's just not worked out for them. Yeah. Um, you know, one of them even just you know just arrived at Hibs in uh, Kukovic, uh, which I also hold. Yeah, but yeah, Makhtar Guy was another one. I had a look at both him and Habib Guy, sort of probably about a couple of months ago, in the hope that they would maybe start the season. And obviously, I was holding the Shankland card before he'd moved back to Hearts as well. And I had quite a few cards that were sort of crossover Belgium that might have you know been kicking around there. Mactor guy, I'm looking, and he was at a really, really low base. He had quite a few DMPs against them. The scores that he did have were under 40. And one of the things that I was thinking about 
was in the early days when we really expanded our galleries and organically built them without throwing in any extra money, etc. We did so much of that through trading. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been very, very aware of, and I mentioned it a few weeks ago in the podcast, that I looked at my trade history and it was all just with Pavel. And when you're trading with Pavel, yeah, you get the players that you're actually specifically after. But more often than not, you're paying a premium to get yes. the players that you want. So you're not actually trading necessarily up the way. You may be obviously looking and thinking, right, I, I know this player's the way to come into forum, or he's got a great run of games, and Pavel's probably not looking at that. But in truth, you're paying the premium then in the hope that you can get the profit later on these guys. Yeah. And that's a calculated risk, and it's worked so, so many times, certainly for the both of us. I know it has, and I've you know, seen many evidence between the thousands and thousands of messages that have gone back and forward through us <laughs> in the game week. But... I'm looking and thinking, right, okay, I've got a little bit of disillusionment with the game. I've obviously been mixing things up and changing things and trying to, you know, even lessen the competitions that I'm actually going to play that will probably go into in a wee bit. And I thought one of the things that I've not been doing is I've not been trading to the level I used to. And that used to make me so much money. Like we're talking, like you've just made there, you've made a couple of hundred quid, two weeks in a row, you've made, you know, at least three figures on one player, as in Zane at Genial. Yeah. And I've got the resource with the gallery size I've got to have players coming in, <laughs> in and out, basically on a revolving door. And I used to do this and I don't do it anymore. I'm being honest, I, I don't spend enough time picking up the guys that are at base, that are out of forum or they've been injured, and then just waiting for them just to get a few green scores and selling them for profit. And we've both done that so, so many times. Um, so I'm aware of that. that. We've, spoken hmm? we've spoken about that. I mean, that was our bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. And still, to, to an extent, it still is for me, but I, again, like you, had kind of maybe got away from it just a wee bit because I'm more looking at, right, okay, what teams can I get out? As opposed to, right, okay, well, this boy is way undervalued. I'm going to pick one up and then, you know, wait till he gets a couple of games and then sell him. Yeah, and I think for me, just very briefly looking at that, I, I did a wee bit of re-identification on that last week. And... I thought to myself, I need to be trading a wee bit more just to to, to make to sort of make, make ends meet. It also helped me upsize quite considerably last year, and I've not I've not probably had the growth in my gallery size or my gallery value. Now I know there's loads of different factors that are affecting that with you know market flood and all this kind of stuff and Ethereum and all that jazz. But effectively, I'm looking thinking right, okay, I've been downsizing. I think I had about 160 players all in between yellow, red, and the sort of handful of blue. Yeah. About three, four weeks ago. I think tonight I'm sitting with maybe about 110 absolute tops. One of the things, again, like you, I looked at the limiteds and I, you know, we spoke about it on the pod last week, how we intended moving away from it, coming down from, you know, five, six teams down to one or two and gradually just moving away from it probably altogether, looking up the way, not down. A good example. The weekend passed there, obviously, after <laughs> making a mess of two of my teams, just purely because I tried to do them at 5-11, to 11, which is my own stupid fault. I still put in a very strong team in a limited, uh, one of the limited competitions. And now I looked at the entrance and looked at the numbers and thought, do you know what? I'm going to put this team, instead of putting it into All-Star, I'm actually going to put it into Limited America. Yeah. Now, in theory, there were 25,000 people playing Limited All-Star and there were less than 8,000 playing Limited America. I scored 308 points, which I know is not, you know, it's not an amazing score, but it's still 308 in one of the lesser competitions. And I wasn't even near the cards. And that's with, 
you know, Eloy Room, who's one of the more consistent sort of touchwood guaranteed starting keepers for Columbus Crew. I had Alvo Burrell, who's been phenomenal uh, at Cincinnati, and Alexander Alvarado, who's obviously been playing in Ecuador on loan from Orlando. And those three guys, between them alone, scored more than 200. Now, my other two guys, they weren't a disaster. It was Carranza and Rosenberry. They both scored more than 45 points. And I'm thinking, looking, thinking 308 points. You know, you're kind of in one of the lesser competitions. I'm expecting to be scraping something. And I didn't scrape anything. And I just looked and thought, you know what? What did that team cost me? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at it going... Do you know what? It was actually the best part of 300 quid. So half of that team's already been sold this week. Like you, um, the limited, the more and more I look at it, for me, it's I've had more fun with it in the summer when I was basically needing to keep involved with the game and run more than one team. Um, but now that we're sort of back really in the swing of things, we've got midweek football, European football, and all the European leagues. And I know we've got the World Cup coming up and things, but no, the, the, the limiteds, I'm just seeing... The values, like we predicted in April, the values are just continuing to plummet. The supply, I, I know you keep track on it more than me, but the supply still seems to be coming out. Yeah, um, the one, one positive that they did with it was they did put everything back into alphabetical order because when the new leagues were coming out, there was those coming out. So there were things were finishing simultaneously as opposed to, you know, a, a few seconds apart at least. But you're absolutely right. I think the the limited ones, the supply is ever increasing, and obviously they won't. They didn't get anywhere near through one thousand cards last year for each player, and I don't think they necessarily will this year either. But you're still looking at, as you said on last week's podcast, even the top cards. There's going to be four hundred of them, so that's that's realistically four hundred teams that you're going to be playing against that all have this one particular top card. Um, and I mean, we even seen, uh, you know, posts on Twitter where, you know, a full PSG starts get blown away, you know, not even getting, barely getting in the top 100. So mm. you are having to get extraordinarily lucky, but it's, it's also, as you say, with, with the value of the rewards, what you're getting back because the, you know, the prices are falling, you're only getting, you know, a handful of pounds back off of that. And, not to be blunt, but I could probably put all of my, bar the one that I finished fourth in the underdog, I could probably put all my prizes together and they won't have equated to the uh, the profit I just made off that one rare sale there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and you're tying up that. So uh, this is my view. You know, I, I'm not playing on a 20 quid budget or a 30 quid budget anymore. Uh, but it's, if you can afford to be in the rares, it, it seems to me the only logical choice at the moment, um, you know, because that gives you the opportunity to win the 40 quid every week from the from the thresholds. And realistically, as I say, unless you're getting into the high tier twos or the tier ones, you might even then you might not get the 40 quid. Do you know what I mean? But it's yeah, I, I think the supply has got a lot to do with that because there is so many of each card. I mean, I can I'm sitting on I've got uh, I've got Serer open at the moment and let's just have a look. I mean, there's. The first one I've clicked on has 394 limited cards. Um, and there's another one. Let's have a look at this. 474. And that's one of the Danish league players. So the, the supply is massive on some of these cards now. And it's yeah. only going to get bigger as the as the season progresses. And the 2022-23 season cards come out for all the different divisions. So that will obviously have a massive impact on the prices, as you have I've said several times. Mm-hmm. And it'll also affect the... Um... 
it affects some of the visual things that, you know, a lot of managers and a lot of players will, will look at constantly. And that's things like, you know, values on career data or whatever platforms you're using and things. And I know that, I know that we don't get hung up on it, but I know loads of guys that do check it and feel that they're losing money when it's reducing visually. And I think, you know, I've had a, I've had a conversation with two people this week um, that I know personally that are actually looking to leave the platform. And I can kind of get from a, one of them's a new, one of them's a very, very new user. And one of them has been in maybe about a year. And to be honest, uh, I can kind of see why the the game, as we we've said many many times, the early adopters, hey, fair play to them. The guys got on, they, you know, they rolled with it when many other people were playing Footstock and Football Index and Fantasy Prem and FanDuel and all these things. And these guys all had either the foresight, if you want to put it that way, or just you know the straight, just the interest. To actually say, do you know what? I'll plough a wee bit of cash. And it's like you, I think you picked up on one earlier where, you know, early Carlos Solar Rare selling for £7, Memphis to buy 15 quid. Mm. Guys like that way back in the start. Now, obviously, those cards have moved quite a few times now. And Carlos Solar, you know, my beloved King Carlos is, yeah. you know, he can't get a game. Um, but just from the context of that, the guys that have early adopted, they have and are being still rewarded quite handsomely is, is the only way of putting it. Now, they've got the cards. They're continuing to win tier one rares, super rare cards. The, the strong are definitely getting stronger. That's not those guys' fault. At the end of the day, they're only playing with the cards they've got. And I'm guessing anybody that listens, if we had those galleries, you would do exactly the same. 100%. However, what it doesn't help is the perception for the new guys and perceptions everything in market and having been obviously a kind of professional in that industry for quite a few years and dealing with big companies that is one of the main things that they all look at is the perception of their product how how is the product perceived by the people that are going to buy it or going to spend on it and for me what i'm sensing not by everybody, but what I'm sensing is a little bit of discontent in the fact that people feel that surveyor is really, really hard to win at. But I think one of the key things that you'll probably elaborate on this, what we do have to remember is that there, for now, there at least there is an F threshold, which is a win. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's one thing that um, we, we briefly touched on it before we started recording. Um, I think there's still, for some, uh, an, un- an unreasonable expectation of what they're going to win or what they could win. And I've been guilty of it as well because I sat there in the summer and was building my under-23 team and thinking, yeah, do you know what? I've got a good chance with this team. It's quite a strong team. And to be fair, they were strong players and what have you, but they weren't Mbappe. You know, they weren't, you know, some of these big, huge names and things like that. Um, So I would have needed a fair bit of luck for it all to come together. And I had my expectations that I was actually going to be winning things in that. And I was like, actually, do you know what? When you step back and look at it, you know, probably not. Uh, it was more of a, a hit and hope than than anything really. And I think with with the the rare cards, a lot of people will just play all star because that's where you can get your ETH. Yeah. But then even then, you're still thinking, well, I can win prizes and things like that from it. But, but realistically, there's only seven hundred places. Do you know or what or what it may be? I think it's seven hundred or so, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it has been in recent weeks. 
18,000 to play in it. Yeah. So the prizes are, you know, more difficult to actually attain in that because, and I, I totally understand why there's not more, because you're talking probably, if there's 18,000, you're probably expecting maybe 10,000 of those are picking up ETH prizes. Yeah. So you can't, you can't have both. You know, if, if the thresholds went away, then the prizes would increase dramatically, the same way it does in the, in the limited dog star. Um, but I think sometimes people have to adjust their expectations. Um, I, I mentioned it to you before, and I, it comes back. I, I've had a look at it a couple, well, not a couple of times, but I remember last year looking at it at some point, um, just after I started. We, we had a holiday that was booked to go to Jamaica. It was a family holiday. It was myself, Louise, and Christian. And it got cancelled because of the pandemic. Um, one of those things, um, we couldn't go. But we got five grand back from it, you know, because it's one of these, you know, holiday, a lifetime kind of things. And when it came back, Louise and I just split the money, you know, half and half because we both paid, you know, for it. And I'm just sitting thinking, you know, if I had to put like even a grand of that in at that time, ETH was sitting at about 150 quid for one ETH, you know. And as we just mentioned, you know, the cards that I've seen where I've been looking, doing some serious digging about trying to find some cheap cards uh, this last week, the... uh, you're seeing these purchases back in 2020 where cards were going for, you know, big cards are going for such a little amount of money. And you just think, God, if I'd had invested at that level, I could have been sitting with a six-figure gallery or six figures taken out, probably bought a house, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's it's one of those, uh, you know, what-if kind of moments. But would have I invested in the platform at that time? Probably not, because there are probably only a handful of users on it. Um, so it's, I, I think the onboarding is something that they're working on. You can see them starting to do it right at the bottom level in terms of being able to get people on board with the, uh, you know, the new academies, the four tiers of the academy. But that only really gives a pathway into the limiteds. Now, obviously, with a lot of people wanting to play for the ETH thresholds, is it worth having, you know, some sort of uh, onboarding for the the rare market? You know, is is there obviously there's the specialist market, which will the specialist uh, league, which we've both championed uh, because of the, the rare rewards that come with yeah. it. Um, but at the moment, that's the only real pathway from limits to rares, isn't it? If, unless I'm mis- missing something. No, I think uh, I think you're I right, think, and I'm just looking here even, just now. So, and even the referral rewards, obviously, that changed uh, from, and I can understand why again supply you know, issues would cause them to have to use something else other than the rares for the referral rewards. But what if your referral is spending, uh, you know, five grand on five top end rares, you're still only coming out with a limited card as a reward. Is there maybe a threshold that could, you know, if if your referral spends over X amount, that you get a, a higher tier card, you know, you know, or a higher, not a tier, but, you know, a higher scarcity. You know, or if somebody spends over X amount, do you then get into getting a super rare reward? Do you know what I mean? They they could possibly look at things like that. I mean, whether that's feasible or not, I I, I don't know, because would that probably just encourage more multi-accounting? Everything does. (laughs) You know, any any adjustments they do seems to encourage that. But I think a pathway into those rares, because for a lot of people now, they're having to play rares with four cards. And I think we talked about that, you know, in terms of the winning prizes and things now, you know, Whereas before you could win prizes with the rare cards, now you probably aren't going to win a card with four rares. Not very often. No. You know, you're probably not. And if you are, you're you're playing an underdog and you're trying to scrape about for the two percent prize pool. 
you know what? It's quite interesting that you mentioned that because I'm just I've actually got just the, the game week three oh six, obviously, which starts in a couple of days' time. So an Academy novice at the moment, now bearing in mind we've still got two days to enter this, you've got more than 10,000 managers. Now that's 10,000 managers that are playing this and that's for a maximum of one yellow card. So you could be playing that effectively for what? Say and, two quid. Yeah, and also if if that's 10,000 people playing that, Russ, that means that's 10,000 people that haven't entered into any other competition because you Correct. can only play the Academy if you've not entered any of the other competitions. Yeah. So, so that's that, 10,000 at yeah. that level. There's 26,500 that have got two yellows or less. And then just moving up from that, the, the Academy Advanced doesn't seem to have any entrance, and I'm not sure if that's even opened yet. But the other one has 9,000. So that's, we're looking at that quick maths, just under 46,000 people have less than three yellow cards that have signed up and played the game. That tells me they're not engaged. Really, to be on to be honest with you, in my in my opinion, they're not fully engaged and fully bought into the product. Maybe playing devil's advocate, but does that maybe be forty? How many thousands did you say? Say forty six thousand? Did you just 46, say that? Yes. Mm-hmm. If, does that maybe mean though that's forty six thousand people who are actually playing in some of those leagues that without those leagues would be stuck just playing casually? Could be. You know, Could, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a pathway for some of these guys in. Uh, to be able to do that, to actually go in and actually enter the, those ones. Now, I've I put a, a team into one of the I think it was the last academy one before the it finished because it was a midweek and I literally had two cards that I w- were actually playing. Um, so I put them into it with the academy one. And do you know what? It's actually again, it's a competition against yourself. It's like the thresholds. You know, you you score over X amount of points and you win your different tiers right the way up to winning the higher. You know, to actually winning tradable cards. So um, it's I I would play devil's advocate on that one and say maybe that's actually giving people an opportunity to play as opposed to sitting with uh you know sitting with cards that they're still trying to build up and then they're just punting them into let's say all star or underdog with zero chance of winning you know so maybe, maybe I'm just trying to play both sides of both yeah. sides of the coin there maybe that maybe that's a different way to look at it with that one but how many of the teams are getting entered into you know, all-star limited, for example, without a goalkeeper, because the goalkeepers, you know what, people lose sight, and I think a lot of people within the platform lose sight, that 30 or 40 quid to somebody uh, to go and buy a, a, a limited goalkeeper just now, um, are genuinely living in a, 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 you know, what they call it, a, a living crisis, or what, what have you, cost of living crisis. Mm-hmm. So to say, for, for Joe Bloggs, you know, Who's you know working all week in a in a, 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 a low paying job or you know make, scraping to make ends meet to turn to the missus and say oh I've just spent forty quid on a digital card is hard to do and you know forty quid's a lot of money you know that could get you you know the better part of you know half your week's weight your shopping or maybe even more than that or you know depending on what you're spending that's a lot of money uh, in in this current climate so having these avenues for people to get into the game on a few quid, I don't think, you know, I, th- I think, but I just think it could maybe go a little bit further, you know, yeah. maybe having something similar with, you know, with the rares. Now, obviously that's kind of going against what I've just said with, you know, the cost of the cards, but if the rewards are the same, then, it, you know, that just encourages maybe more people to do it in that that type of fashion. And I think 
from from looking at it maybe what six months ago, none of this was here. You know, there was no. no there was no specialist leagues. There was no, you know, no path from limiteds to rares. And uh, I think now that you're seeing that, but I do think that well, I've always said, and I think we've both always said, the prices of the limiteds that they went up to was never the intention. You know, when when it launched, it was never. I don't think it was ever the intention that there was going to be limited cards going for well into four figures. Now, obviously, the high end ones would probably go for a few hundred, but instead, they went for two grand or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers to be looking at that kind of that kind of price when you, as you say, the supply by the end of the season, you could be looking at over a thousand cards for for one player. You know, and that just seems bonkers to me. So, um, I. Uh, I, I'm at a loss a wee bit with when it comes to the to the limiteds, and I think that's partly why I moved out of them. Um, just because the value of the rewards, what I had into it, and I think going back to a simple, you know, from when from when I was doing my accountancy degree and stuff, you know, the the return on investment, and every all along it has to be looking at return on investment. It's just not there for me at the moment, and I really don't see it changing that way. Uh, however, I know every week that I should be earning a minimum of the lower ETH getting the 20 odd quid or 20 21 quid or hitting the higher and getting the 40 odd quid each week and as i say that's going to end up paying uh basically paying from a holiday that's my intention with that so um i i think the other side of it russ is going to be looking a wee bit at the the trading side of it and i do feel that now looking at the the prices uh in the the rares there's quite a disparity. You're finding some cards that you're looking at and you're looking thinking, right, why, why is this card so cheap? And uh, trying to figure out why they're, you know, similar cards are going for, you know, almost 10 times what that card's going for. And, you're, and then I'm back to the old-fashioned, going back and really digging through a player and right, okay, I'm translating languages. I'm doing Medora, Russ. I'm doing Medora Explorer and I'm converting things into Spanish and I'm trying to find out if, uh, you know, what's happened you to me. on signing. social media. You did, you did. Do you know what, actually... I've enjoyed that though. This is the thing that I enjoyed and I got away from it. I think I got too distracted with too many shiny things, I think, Russ. And I think getting back to basics for me, this is this has been my bread and butter for 18 months. It's what's made me the money. It's what's allowed me to, you know, do things that I wouldn't have normally been able to do. So yeah, that's, that's my take on the limits, Russ. And I think, uh, you know, in terms of progression and getting people to stay in the platform, I think, you know, there is, there is a ways to go in that. Here's an idea. Oh, totally boy. just <laughs> completely <laughs> off the wall here, right? And I'm not expecting an immediate sort of answer or thought process. Imagine they did away with the threshold altogether. Mm-hmm. And they made the game, instead of playing against the early adopters and playing against all the other people, imagine we were in the scenario that it was if you scored, say, over 450, you got a star rare. This is in, in, in rares. If you scored more than 425, you got a tier one. Or more than 400, you got a tier two. And more than, say, 350, maybe 375, you got a tier three. All of a sudden, you're not playing against everybody else as such. You're then playing against, like, a, you're, the whole game then becomes sort of threshold oriented. Do you think just off the top of your head, do you think that would maybe encourage 
you know, guys that have maybe hit, say the guys that have hit 300, you know, one of my friends hit 330 odd points or 338, I think it was this week and won nothing. And I'm like, do you know what? I, I can't, I can't grudge that because you're looking at that. That's, that's nearly what, 70 points a month yeah. out of 100. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're looking at that and going, well, well, who, who do I pick? Do I genuinely have to go and buy Messi so that I can actually be competitive? Because that's not feasible. Yeah. Um, I like the concept. I do. Um, I always said, do you remember back in April when we launched the podcast and everybody was sitting, uh, waiting on the community announcement and everybody had said for weeks, you know, the thresholds are going, the thresholds are going. And I continually said they won't go. They just won't go. And if they go, they replace it with something better. I think especially now, if the thresholds went, I think they would kill their platform. 100%. I think they would absolutely kill their platform. And and that's... The reason being it's liquidity. It's an opportunity for people to win. If that disappeared, there'd be an awful lot of people who were playing for nothing. Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, the, needing the rare goalkeeper and everything like that. I think you'd have a mass exodus. So and, the threshold goes... In theory, just to kind of build on from that, if the threshold went, then they would have to make it that it would be a card for a threshold. If the, like, I'm meaning by, by saying the threshold, sorry, I'm meaning the monetary value of yeah. where you, you get your Ethereum win and then you spend that on whatever you want or you put it in the bank or whatever. So yeah. really, they're in a no-win situation in the fact here that if that does go, Chris, then they have to basically have a line in the sand where if you hit X amount of points, you can't be playing against everybody no, else no, no. that's been th- in the game for longer than you. I think I think they would have to do something like that, but I genuinely don't foresee that going. I genuinely don't foresee mm-hmm. that going. Whilst that would be too getting... good an idea. Sorry? That would be too good an idea. Yeah, no, I th- do you know what? I think the, the idea for uh, you know winning the prizes would be something that could definitely work. And... I think it would encourage people to to kind of you know play for those margins. That you know maybe if that was even a standalone league or something like that, you know that yeah. it, it, they've done it with the academy, you know, and it's the same kind of concept. It's just obviously for you know for all the rares and what have you. But I do think the uh, the idea of uh, that type of a threshold would be would definitely be something there. Um, but I personally don't ever, well, not, I can't say ever, <laughs> but I, I personally don't see a scenario where the the thresholds go and they don't replace it with something else of monetary value. Um, this is all just hypothetical stuff, by the way, guys. There's been no speculation on it. Absolutely. And I, I'm a firm believer that if they do ever, it's the day I sell up, I know that much, um, because it's, it's, the, it's the primary thing I go for. And it's if that goes, I go, simple. Um, but yeah, I, there's there's lots of things to go there, and I think there's still a ways to go. Obviously, there's a lot more leagues that are going to be joining, which is going to be more supply, and I think that's going to be a bit of fun there as well, just doing more digging. And at the end of the day, I've always found that the platform has opened, broadened my football enjoyment big time. Um, you know, I would never have thought when I first started it that I'd be sitting in the garden at five a.m. Checking the scores uh, with somebody, one of you, one of your friends, Russ, uh, Mike. That I've, you know, I've still not met Mike. Um, I've spoke to him several times on Facebook and all these kind of things, but I've never actually met him. But we were both messaging each other at five in the morning last year at one point, sitting there looking at you know lower, lower end teams in the in the J one, and uh, we're we're chatting about our teams and things like that. And I'm like, this is mental. Like, 
I wouldn't have even been able to name more than maybe one Japanese team before then. And then it's the same with America. You know, you sit and watch the MLS and then now I'm scraping, not scraping there, because I don't, I wouldn't call it scraping because some of these teams would would, would whip some of the bottom end uh, <laughs> Scottish teams, certainly. Um, but you're looking at, I'm now sitting in La Liga and I'm looking at Tenerife and I'm looking at Andorra and I'm finding out, oh, they're owned by Gerard Piquet, all right. You know, and you're finding all this information out and you're like, right, okay, you're just broadening your football knowledge and things, eh? So, um I'm still very grateful for the platform. It's, there is hard times. And, you know, I think you sent me a message this morning and it's easy to become extremely uh, disillusioned when you go a couple of weeks and you've not won cards. And it's, you know, it's through things like last week where, you know, obviously the, the British game is being called off and it, you know, cost people, you know, having zeros and things like that. Bigger issues out there and things like that. But yeah, you're losing zeros, uh, getting zeros for things. And, um, you know, your previous week where, you you know, you get one DNP out of the stack and it killed the, it, you know, you should have crushed one of them, I think it was the Americas, and you had the, the Philadelphia lad was on the bench and that would have right. been probably pushing in on 400 points. So, you know, it's things like that and it's it'll come together and it always does. We always regroup, we always rebuild and we always move back on again. So I, I that that's my thoughts on it. It's just, you know, if you are feeling shit about the platform and you're feeling like you're not winning, reevaluate where are you at? What can you realistically do to change it? Um, you know, our gallery reviews that we do, Rust, to ourselves, you know, I sat and did it with my rares for the first time because I was sitting quite happy with my rares, but now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm back to trying to win a card again. So I need to, <laughs> I need to find better players because mm-hmm. now I'm not just playing for a threshold. I've got one team that I'm going to have to use to try and win a card. And I can't do that with threshold players. Now I've got to go and find other ones. So it's it's taking stock of where you're at. And if you can't, if you don't feel that you can achieve your goals with what you've got, what's the next level down that you maybe can achieve from? You know, and having or a, change your players or change your players. You know, and that's it. Have a look at Pavel, especially on. Uh, I mean, yesterday I picked up two cards on Rewards Day, um, because I just looked. It was a player I was wanting to get. I waited until the rewards came out. I seen somebody got one just sent an offer for it and the guy accepted it and it's way below market value, but I got him, uh, you know, and things like that. So it's worth having a wee look on, on rewards days. Can you send, you know, cause people want ETH, don't they? Russ? You know, you're, you're looking at it Definitely. and you're like, I want, I want my ETH on that one. Definitely. Well, so, yeah, it's, it's like, um, it's like what you're saying. You can, you can review obviously your, your cards and your own gallery and stuff. But another thing to review, just again, taking a step back is review what you're playing. Now, Anybody that's listened to this podcast for circa more than three weeks will know that we've been evolving and changing almost on a week by week basis, adapting and trying to get stronger in things that we can feasibly think we can win and not trying to hold too many excess cards that maybe for, uh, you know, for example, we're not looking to actually like trade or, or they're maybe not going to be cards that we basically buy and sell for a profit. And I've just looked there just now in game week 306 between the academy stuff and including this, all the super rare competitions, there's 42 competitions to enter, which is quite, that's quite a lot. A lot. Now, as, as you know, I, I had a realisation this, this week and I'm kind of kicking myself because I didn't know this and I just haven't thought of it the whole summer. And I'm looking there and I couldn't have played it over the whole summer, but I'd actually forgotten that the super rare all-star, you can use four blue and one red. 
which obviously allows you to play a red goalkeeper very much in the way that you used to get to play a common in the in the rare all star. Yeah. Well, the super rare all star allows you to play uh, a rare goalkeeper if you if you so wish. And I'm looking, thinking, you know, I've got a couple of guys that were listed, and I thought, you know what, I've been toying with the idea. What what super rare competition am I going to play to try and look up the way rather than down? And I've chopped and changed it. And one of the ones that I decided was, right, okay, I want to play the under-23s. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I'm still 100% nailed in the camp, simply on the rewards. And I've got a couple of hundred, uh, sorry, a couple of under-23 super rare cards, one of which I'm very, very happy with and one which I want to upgrade. However, in the meantime, um, while I'm waiting on sales and things like that, it's who will play. He plays every week, but not as a starter every week. And I'm just hopeful that he pulls in a few green scores. I'm looking at it thinking, right, I've got a champion, Europe super rare. I've only got one and I've got, you know, three challengers of which, you know, one's just moved and thankfully now looks to be leading the line for, you know, for St. Johnston. And I've got, you know, one at Dundee United and I've got another super rare that's, you know, down in the lower tiers of the Netherlands at the moment. I'm like, I've got, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it thinking these cards are useless. And then I'm like, oh, so it's actually dawned on me that, I'm going to shelve Challenger Europe and I'm going to shelve trying to play in global um, pro. And instead, I'm going to try and play with the four blues and my playing champion, previously champion Europe. Uh, so, uh, Gitche uh, Witch, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, I, love, I, love, I love when you get a, a difficult name to pronounce. I used to love it on the threshold videos and stuff, eh? But yeah, I love when yeah. you get a bit of. He's, a, playing, a, he's playing fantastic just now, I will say that. 100 and, points. Yeah, it was the first goalkeeper for me to ever score 100 points, certainly. Um, however, I'm going to use him. And I'm looking thinking, oh, now, as I say, these aren't the most amazing cards and they didn't cost a fortune. But I'm going, right, OK, so if I play him and then I can use, you know, my B-Hitch card at Dungeon United. And, oh, I can use my Volhenna Super Rare, who's a champion, who was, you know, I had him up for sale because I didn't, couldn't find a use for him. So I'm going to try this competition. It's the first ever time this weekend that I'll have played at that level, which is, it's going to be completely new to me. And it's, I'll be honest, it's above my station. I've got zero expectancy, but what I am really interested in is to see if I can place halfway, you know, out of all the entrants, my my first target is to finish in the top half. Now I might get absolutely spawny or lucky and, you know, I might just have one of those amazing days and get a prize or I could wait maybe another two months to see, but I, just by identifying, okay, where have I been struggling? Where have I been putting teams in every week? And you know what? Winning nothing week after week and not even being close. And that's what I did. And one of the things I got, I got the hammer blow of Wanmi at Real Betis, who have had a stack and have, you know, eventually I finally got uh, Moreno and Carvalho in. And I was like, right, I only want Borgia Iglesias to complete the puzzle. Uh, and of course, I went and got the cards other than Iglesias. I got the, I got the rest. And then Wanmi got injured in the last, sorry, two games ago. And he stretched off. And I'm looking, trying to find anything on him. And I couldn't until just at the sort of tail end of last week. And it's like, right, it's looking as though he's going to be out for seven or eight weeks. And just like that, after spending, obviously, on, you know, Ben Sibiani as well, my entire champion team, I just felt was up in smoke. So I've shelved it. I thought, you know what? Unless I go and spend between 500 and 800 pounds on two really, really strong in-form players, and it might have been maybe even 1,000 pounds in total if I was going for Iglesias as one of them, I can't compete. And I thought to myself, what's the point? So I thought, you know what? I'll sell uh, Ben Subiani. He's in fantastic form. I think I'm cheapest on the market at the moment. 
If not, if, if, if he doesn't sell, I'm more than happy to play him in my global team. So he'll sit and he'll be one of my globals towards the threshold, like you say, try and, you know, concentrate on getting that 40 quid back every every weekend at least and, and more often if possible. And in the meantime, I thought, right, no champion team. So there's no champion team going in for me this week. And I've got this new team going in, which I'm not expecting anything from. But from the same token, I also reduced and thought, do you know what? You're kidding yourself if you think you've got nine teams. You've actually got six teams that can compete. Yeah. So that's what it is. And that's it's, do you know what? It's something we spoke about before. Um, and I we spoke not so much on the pod, probably, but certainly in texts and conversations and things that, you know, I've always felt that, you know, if you narrowed it down to four, five, six teams, you could be hitting it every single week. But I, I get it. It's, it's the same as what I just did with all the limited ones. You spread yourself so thin that all of a sudden you're like, actually, I, you know, I, I, all the limited cards that I've just sold, I've invested in better rares that will yeah. now hopefully allow me to start competing again. And I think it's the same with what you've done there. You know, when you when, once you sell through, you know, the rest of the cards that you're you're looking to do, you'll be able to pick up some extra, you know, or, or better quality blues, as yeah. you say. Obviously, you've got Nicky Clark there, I believe. Um, so you'll struggle to get a better quality uh, one than that. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, you know, you will be able to go and pick up some other cards there that can that can do the job for you. And hopefully, you know, like you say, it just takes that, you know, what does American football say any given Sunday? And it's mm-hmm. just like that. It's just any given weekend where everything comes together and bang, you've won, won yourself a major prize. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how you get on with that one, Russ. Yeah, I think, I think that'll be quite good. As I say, it, it's been a long time coming and I have went from that thrown in three, you know, five teams that have all got playing goalkeepers and then you've got a couple of guys that you think, right, okay, he might get his shot this week. And, you know, they're genuine number two, not a number two that never plays. You know, I, I don't tend to sign those, but I do tend to send, sign number twos that have had the shirt and could get back in. And I always try and get them when they're round about maybe 0.1 or 0.12 or even less sometimes if it's MLS. Um and now, yeah, I've just I've downsized quite considerably. I do have a target list. I think you know I, I'm sure I shared it with you last night, but I know that I'm short. I know that I'm three or four players quality short, and I do have money that I'm sitting in for the first time in a long time. Although I'm slightly disillusioned with the platform, I'm I'm, I'm kind of looking and thinking, right, do I roll the dice here and actually put in a thousand, two thousand to get those players in that I want now? So actually go and buy them right now and then basically from the player sales, you know, withdraw back that money, which I might do it. I might not. I'll see how sales go over the next couple of weeks. One of the things I have done this week, and you probably noticed, I've just removed myself from Discord. Yes, you sent me, you sent me a yeah. screenshot. Show me <laughs> remove yourself from Discord. Um, I only use it um, for, you know, trying to, to speak to somebody to say, look, what can I do? Price wise, or it's usually actually for incoming offers where boys are sending the same, you know, one step up each time. Yeah. And I've uh, I'm messaging them saying, "Don't waste your time. Just send mm-hmm. me this amount, and you'll get them." Um, but I can understand why you've done it. And if I don't, know if you want to expand <laughs> on that, Russ. No, I just you know what, I just I, I looked at it, and I I am still on Discord, so I've not closed the account or anything like that. So anybody that's like already connected, and there's a you know there's plenty of decent people that I, I do speak to on Discord, and I, and that I try and help when where possible. 
So the, that's still open, but I actually just removed it visibly from the Surveyor screen so that it doesn't show. So for anybody that's you know coming across me for the first time and looking and going, oh, okay, right, he's that player's listed. In truth, I was just fed up with what I, what I was feeling were not quite derogatory, but pretty close to offers that were just like either chancing it. And I just got sick of it. I, I do get a lot of offers um, on a daily basis, only because I'm generally selling. You know, I've got 25 or 30 things in the shop window at all times. Yeah. And I just got to the point that every time, and I, I genuinely don't ask for discount too often. You know, I'll, I'll generally just go in with an offer that's pretty close rather than sending somebody a message saying, you know what, you've got a player listed at point three. You know, I'll just offer them, I don't know, 0.288 or 0.29, you know, nothing too insulting for them, but something that just basically says, look, I'm interested in your player, but I'm kind of looking for a wee bit off it. But I don't send a message with it. I don't feel the need to. I know, you know, I can kind of gauge that if someone comes back with an instant reject at 0.288 for a player that's 0.300, then it's because they're actually not really interested in loading at all. You know, I'm not going with 0.24 and like being miles off. And I just got fed up with it, to be honest with you. And it's the only, I only use Discord for Surreal. I don't use it for any other way of communication for anything else. Um, and I don't use the the groups and all the rest of the things I can pretty much see on the platform. So, yeah, I made the decision. I thought, you know what? I, I will still occasionally use it, but only with the people that I've got connection with at the moment. I'm certainly not going to be using it from a transfer perspective, but off the back of it. <laughs> I've had about seven people private message me on Twitter instead now. So, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, great. Um, no winning. <laughs> yeah, you'll, <laughs> like, you'll get oh, your peace. That way. You'll get your peace and quiet soon. Uh, but no, I, I, I get it because, you know, you do see them. I had one uh, a few days ago and I think I sent you it. Um, and I had, I think it was Sven Van Beek and I had him listed. He was a five and a half percent for his old card. And, um, the, the guy was like, what's your best price? And I was like, he's already the cheapest on the market by 0.01 or whatever it was, you know, 0, yeah. 0, 001. I think the next one was like 013 and Adam was 012. And then he said, will you do will you do this? And I was like, no. And he was like, what's your best price? And he kept coming back and kept coming back. He said, tell you what, it's, it's 013 now, just for Good you. Up. And then he was like, oh, what negotiate? I says, well, 014 now. I says every message costs you an extra, <laughs> extra point zero one, and then uh, you ended up not buying them. But two seconds later, somebody else did. Do you know what I mean? And it yeah. was because I had them at the lowest in the market. His percentage was more than the new ones, and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not pissing about. Do you know? And I'm not a charity. Yeah. Um, you know. So I had my own things I was aiming for and what have you. But you know what? I, I, I do generally. You know, I, yeah, you hold out for your best price and whatever. But I'm also I'm not going to be a dick about it, but if somebody is a dick with me, then I'm going to be a dick back, you know? 100%. Um, 100%. And it's just, you know, when somebody comes on, you know, and is, is really nice and just says, look, um, I've got this, would you be interested in this plus a trade? I can actually say, well, look, on this instance, you know, like when I was selling the limiteds, I wasn't interested in a trade because I, I was getting rid of them. So it was easy to say that. I was like, look, honestly, if you have a look at my gallery, you'll see all the limiteds are going, so I'm not really interested in a trade. 
happy days. It means they can go and look for something else or they can get a sale and come back with an offer. Um, so, yeah, I like that side of it. But um, when somebody's coming in and offering you like less than 50% for your cards, it's like, fuck off, man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the brass neck of you to even come in and message me that, you know? Yeah. Or offer <laughs> you four, four DNPs like from Asia yeah. or like the K League or something that are all 37 years of age. And they're like, I'm sending you four cards. I'm like, yeah. you'd be as well sending me like four farts in a spacesuit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely worthless. And it's like it's also when it's like, yeah, do you know what? I love the videos and I love your Twitter page. Um, can you do this for fifty percent? Kill fuck. Do you know what I mean? Do you know it's like what are they giving away all the content for free? Do you know, fuck off and go and get your own fucking deals. So yeah, yeah that's that's, that's I totally get that one, Russ. Um, just uh, on another matter altogether. Shall we touch on your uh, play sharper? Uh, yeah, just very briefly. Um, massive kudos. Obviously, the the guys that are working on on the app and and stuff. Um, you know, everybody's trying to you know put in as much time and effort into giving really solid sort of predictions. Just a wee reminder, you know, it, like I've got, a, a, I don't know whether it's a good or a lucky or whatever way, but I'm sitting on about ninety seven and a half percent game time for my predictions, and that's what eight weeks into the season. The guys are obviously all doing a lot of work and stuff, but there was a little bit, a little bit of controversy um, happened. I think it was at tail end. I actually missed it because I was actually working and I came into what was effectively a minefield. Um, obviously, Play Sharper has predominantly been only pretty much supplying lineups for all the leagues, and they've got for anybody that doesn't know or hasn't seen it, the. The site itself has been undergoing ongoing development. There are aspects of it that aren't perfect and aren't great yet, but there are obviously other aspects of it that are brilliant. They do have genuinely, I would say, um, in my opinion, the best source of people. And by that, I don't mean exclusively like the best. I'm not I'm not like saying, you know, me as Scotland Surreal, I'm the best. But I know that between me and the network of people, you know, whether I'm giving you a message or if I'm giving maybe one of the Aberdeen supporters a message and things, just to double check on things and stuff, that I feel that it's the best source overall as a unit. So the community that's behind each of the people that are, you know, the Surreal Belgium guy and stuff is great. Um, you know, you've got Surreal Denmark and you've got the guys in South America and Asia and things and stuff. I genuinely feel that they're, we effectively are the best people for, for delivering results for the community for that. However, what happened last week was that, to my knowledge, the guys are connected with Surreal Data. We're looking at, you know, bringing in an alternative product or an addition to what they've already got. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff on Surreal Data, but with it has just recently rolled out all the the price plans and things. And I know that there's still a free element, etc. But these guys had basically come out and many of the people that were the so-called experts or let's just say contributors rather than experts the contributors to the team lineups we were all approached um last week and i didn't entertain it personally i'm I'm not interested i'm quite happy with the stuff that i do for play sharper i find the guy absolutely fine and brand new with me he's got a project it was very specific to lineups and i know that that's probably changed um based on the backlash and the things that happened last week but ultimately all the experts were were approached and I just felt it to be honest with you I was actually quite disappointed I felt that you know if it's to work in conjunction with 
Surreal Data or Surreal Club or wherever it was going to be, these guys have already all got something that's ongoing that's helpful for the community. I just kind of felt it was like, right, okay, we're just going to not quite put the guy out of business, but I was like bringing this product that's already on the marketplace rather than enhancing the community and working on something completely new. So I was really disappointed in that. And I I felt quite sorry for the guy because obviously with any apps or any third sort of party data tools and things, you're linking to the API and you're putting blood, sweat and tears into extracting the information and then presenting it and making it all look good and, you know, building a front end that works with the back end and all these kind of technical digital terms. So the, basically the, what came off the back of it ultimately was that I think the guy that did the approaching got the same kind of polite two fingers from everyone. And I think the community as a whole in relation to the contributors basically have said, well, do you know what? We're actually quite happy with, with the guy in Play Sharper app. So, yeah, that kind of rolled out. Again, it was, I missed actually the, the main sort of, the main sort of activity and the main excitement. And I think there was quite a few things on Twitter, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, do you know what? I seen the thread. I think I was obviously at work or whatever, and I seen the thread, and like, I, I, I'm glad it went public because then that means that you know everybody could see what was going on and what have you, as opposed to you know it not leaking and what have you. It seemed a wee bit a underhanded, um, mm-hmm. you know, just to go around everybody and message everybody and do it that way. I get that, you know, if 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 they're wanting to have, a, you know, a new platform for putting out team lineups or projected team lineups that they're, you know, they're wanting the best. And if obviously, you know, they can have a look at the the lineups on a weekly basis and see, right, okay, well, this guy's actually got about a 95% hit rate on his team lineups or whatever, then, you know, headhunting's a thing that happens. You know, I mean, you used to work in recruitment at one point, Russ. Yeah. Uh, you know, so headhunting happens. And... Um, I've no problem with people being headhunted. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, if you want a better year platform and you can offer them a better deal saying, hey, this is what we could do over here, then that's one thing. But maybe have the courtesy. And I did see the, the Discord conversation um, with uh, the, the guy that runs Play Sharper um, from one of you know the other groups saying that yeah. they were going to be approaching them. Um, so they did say they were going to be approaching them, but what they didn't tell them was they were going to be asking for exclusive, uh, Absolutely. you know, exclusivity. So it wasn't entirely transparent. So that was a wee bit underhanded, um, probably more than a wee bit underhanded. And I don't, I haven't seen anything more since, no. um, since it was kind of just all, you know, shot on from a great height uh, from, from a fair few people. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff that I didn't actually see because, some of these people involved from the other places are people that have got muted uh, because I feel they're full of their own shit. And I think that's mm-hmm. when they're getting found out for being full of their own shit when this kind of thing happens. Um, self-serving, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So 100%. It's, it's happened. Um, I've obviously had my, my thoughts. I, I sincerely and wholeheartedly appreciate the effort that everybody puts in to putting these lineups together. I, I really do. I think it's, it's, it's a, a ton of work. Uh, it's a ton of work that I wouldn't have time to do, um, you know, and if I did, I'd probably be doing it at like a 75 or 80% hit rate because I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the time to do it thoroughly. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think you've got time to do it thoroughly. I think that's what causes you on Friday morning because quite frankly, you're putting in so much time and effort into this that it's actually hurting 
you and your performance on your Serea stuff. And then you go back and look since the Scottish League came back and tie the two things together. It's very closely linked because you're using all your time doing this other thing. So guys need to appreciate that and take that on board. My grudge has been with the app itself. Mm -hmm. And again, I know it's all a work in progress. um, And it's little niggles. It's nothing major. It's little niggles. But if you come out of the app or you go to another something else and go back into it again, it doesn't bring anything up. It's just little things like that. It's literally just little niggles. And all I have to do is close the app and go back in and get it back all, all back again. So realistically, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's a free app. It's free information that we're all getting. And to be honest, it's not something I rely on solely because I do my own stuff for my own players. However, it's a great safety net to be like, why the fuck's my player not in that lineup? And then you go and double check and you see suspended and you've missed it because a league's rules are only three yellows and it's, you know, you're suspended as opposed to, you know, thinking they've got four or five. So you maybe just missed something. So it's, it's a great resource. Um, when people shit on it, I was obviously very public before when somebody was shitting on it. And um, I think that I was right to do that. I think, it, you know, when you're getting something for free, you know, I, we've both said, a billion times do your own research this is a safety check you know uh, and the percentage that are against it aren't you know aren't gospel because you don't know what could happen with a team coming down with food poisoning before a match or or covid or somebody slips and breaks their leg coming out of the shower you know you can't account for anything like that um somebody pulls up and 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 pre-match warm-ups you know Absolutely. it happens so guys need to you know sometimes sit back and appreciate that and um i think the the majority do sincerely appreciate it um but i think there's also a portion that don't but yeah i'm glad the guys stood up for themselves and i think that was probably the best thing they could have done was to basically out it stand up for themselves and say look we're you know we're the you know the smaller guys as such because you know yeah. so their data are getting in you know all their 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 seed money and things like that and play sharper applauding along you know and getting everything all done and everything's there you know it's a, a great group of guys that are giving out the information and um, I think it's well worth you know using it as a, a resource I wouldn't use it as my sole resource is all I always come back to but Absolutely. if you do you're probably in safe hands but uh, do your own research on top of it because then at the end of the day the team that you press submit on is your problem and responsibility nobody else's so yeah, I, I i i thank you for the stuff that you put up russ um and i i and the rest of the guys absolutely wholeheartedly thank them for, for their contributions because sometimes it's hard to find the information isn't it you know especially yeah. when it's like i'm um, look i'm now following cartagena fc andorra all these other teams in, the <laughs> yeah. Netherlands in spain now and i'm having to go google translate and things like that but do you know what it's it, it, it this just gives you a safety check and i think that's that's the great thing about it. So yeah, well done and standing up for themselves. Um, before we go, Russ, obviously we've got kind of maybe a wee bit of Scottish preview for the weekend uh, for the fixtures, but um, I believe you have the single solitary transfer involving card there. I do. It's uh, Liam Grimshaw who ha- should now have a big red cross against them. He's in the game at Motherwell and he has went to championship side Morton so just be mindful if MD's t- throw you a Liam Grimshaw trade and you're looking going oh Motherwell card that might be useful he's not at Motherwell so that's the solitary one another little bit of news I believe Celtic are drawing one all at half time in Shakhtar at the moment they are they are it was a, a fine opener uh, a counter attack uh, Juranovic with a long ball and ended up with Rio Hatati scoring very unselfishly uh, Kyogo could have tapped it in on the line so 
So I imagine there's a few boys absolutely fuming that he didn't tap it error on the line, um, but he didn't. So there we go. Um, but yeah, let's have a look at the weekend fixtures. That's obviously the, everything was postponed at the weekend with the Queen passing. Uh, whether right or wrong for people's opinions, I'm not going to debate that in the slightest. Um, no. But when we're looking at the fixtures for this weekend, um, obviously you guys would have had a home tie against Hibs last weekend and instead... You're going to Ibrox, Russ. So Rangers versus Dundee United. Um, can you help inflict more damage on Geo, or are we going to see a United uh, steamrolled again? If it was at Tannadice and we were at home, I would have said that we possibly stood a chance of getting some sort of result, maybe a draw. Um, Travelling to Glasgow, I can't see anything other than a home win, if I'm being honest. It might not be as convincing as in previous seasons, but it also depends on the result, I suppose, and what Rangers come off the back of tonight against Napoli. Um, They'll either be an absolute desperation backlash if they get whacked tonight, or they're also the, you know, you could look at it if Rangers got a result tonight, that's going to give them the buoyancy and the the sort of the upbeatness that the club's probably needing. Um, A lot depends on tonight. I'll obviously be doing the lineups for all the teams between tonight and first thing tomorrow morning. So tonight being uh, Wednesday. But yeah, I think I've got Rangers for a home win against United. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. I, again, and I'm probably in agreement, maybe just a 2 0 or something like that. Um, yeah. Especially with the European exploits and things like that there. So yeah, I think that'll be a home win there. Uh, Hibs against Aberdeen, um, two of the teams that really underperformed last season, I would say. Um, this season, Hibs are still maybe not finding their feet as much as Aberdeen, but um, Aberdeen on the travels, I think they've only won, Russ, I think we, we talked about it was the last week, they've only won, uh, or they haven't won in over a year outside of uh, Aberdeen and was it Perth? There's certainly, there's certainly not, not as good on the road. The, the struggle on their travels is basically yeah. what we're saying. So um, that that'll be an interesting one. That could probably be, you know, maybe a high scoring draw, maybe a two-two or something like that, or maybe a home win. But um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to look at. I've got a feeling. Um, I've got a feeling Hibs might win that, and I've got a feeling that Martin Boyle will score at least one. Oh, <laughs> I'd like to see his card. Um, I still can't believe that Dundee got him from Montrose, I believe. And traded him. Well, I say traded. This this is their terminology coming in. We swapped him with fucking Alec Harris. That's right. Uh, from Hibs. Mm-hmm. And in one of the most baffling. I mean, obviously, we also sold Glenn Kamara for fifty grand. But one of the most baffling. Every time I see, you know, I think every time a Dundee fan sees <laughs> sees his name involved in a goal, it's always like fucking Alec Harris. Um, yeah, so uh, Livingston Kilmarnock, um, Livingston at home, Kilmarnock still obviously struggling in the league a little bit. I think uh, I would win. Probably, yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say a Levy win in that one as well, to be perfectly honest. Well, there's, that, no, there's no pitch advantage with them no, both playing on the similar... They're both similar. playing on their plastic sacks of shit pitches. Um, but yes, that'll be interesting to see that one. Uh, a team that has firmly, as I said a couple of weeks ago, Russ, put me in my place, uh, St Johnston at home to Ross County. And they've put me so firmly in my place, Russ, that this week in my challenger team at the moment, it probably will change. Um, I have Andy Considine at the back and Nicky Clark up front. So I have two St Johnston players in my challenger team this week. Uh, so your thoughts on that game? Uh, I think it'll be pretty close. Um, but yeah, I'm going for a home win there again. 
Well, I mean, they did more misery that, for County. Yeah, they they had that big result against St Mirren, three uh, 0 at home uh, mm-hmm. in the last out, and that's what really prompted me. Now, Andy uh, Andy Considine was one that you you know we. You definitely championed when we did the video because obviously you championed him for a move and he got it, and he's yeah. been a you know right in the middle of their their back three and you know, present, I, yeah. I think he's averaging about fifty two or fifty three points. He so seven pounds to buy is rare. Yeah, yeah. Well, I paid thirty quid, thirty quid for him, and uh, I don't think it's a bad price to be honest. I think it's actually still a bargain. Yeah, he's thirty five or thirty six, whatever he may be. But do you know what? I don't really care. I've got a, if I get a year's worth of utility out of him at that price and he's getting me thresholds or winning me a card, then what does it matter? Um, so, yeah, I'll move him on long before he retires. Then we've got uh, St Mirren against the uh, the runaway train that is Celtic. Um, again, as uh, Paisley's often a hard place to go. And I think you mentioned that in our, our league preview. You see mm-hmm. them being difficult to, to beat at home. Um I still see Celtic coming away with that win. Yeah, one hundred percent, and that's obviously a Sunday fixture. Um, yeah, that's the yeah, sky I, can't, I, 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 I think there's going to be quite a few teams. I don't know if it's going to be this week with obviously with St. Mirren being at home, but Celtic are going to give multiple teams plus four or plus five goals this season. One hundred percent, just going forward, they're ro- ro- just relentless uh, domestically. They've so much depth across the board yeah. that even playing in Europe they could they could actually field an alternative 11 on Saturday and still have a team that would put most practically every team to the sword yeah. Um, so yeah I, I totally agree on that one just on that I mean obviously that's that comes back a lot to Ange Postacoglu and we spoke about him right back at the start offline because we hadn't had the podcast at that point but I don't th- you know his, his start to life in Glasgow was very difficult um, but he ended up winning the league and he's running away with it this year and obviously he was being linked when you seen the uh, Brighton job came up but that would be a step down as far 100%. as I'm concerned. You know, he's going from <laughs> Champions League football to maybe getting mid-table and having to rebuild every season. No, that's not, never going to happen in a million, million years. Um, I, 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 if he leaves Celtic, it'll be for a big job. Uh, and then the final fixture of the weekend, Russ Harps are obviously in action on Thursday night, um, and they travel to Motherwell. So uh, again, Harps and, and they're the opposite, I suppose, to Celtic. Not got, they I mean they've got a lot of depth in midfield now, but they don't have a lot of depth elsewhere with injuries and things like that. So I could see that being a tough tie for uh, for Harps. Um, and both teams are on ten points. I think they're both tied for third place. So um, that could be uh, an interesting one. I. Probably a, a a win by a goal for Motherwell is probably my prediction in that one, Russ. I'm exactly the same as you, mate. I think um, your man Van Veen might, if he's fit and healthy and available for selection, he uh, he could be the decider. I, I do feel that Hearts will probably struggle with the two games a week for the foreseeable future, just with the injuries and things. Um, obviously, they've got Snodgrass that they could probably utilise certainly in the domestic games with them not being registered for Europe mm-hmm. and being a new signing. But yeah, I'll, I'll happily go along with you on. I think it will be a, a tight home win there as well. Yeah. I think that's probably the, the only way you could really look at it. So yeah, obviously, I think that's that's probably a, a decent roundup of the Scottish uh, stuff. We've obviously touched on quite a lot of Surreir-based topics this week, guys, and we've probably... 
maybe gone on a wee bit long about some of them, but I think it was actually more of a kind of free-form conversation this week, and I think it's been quite an interesting one, and uh, not everything we've agreed on this week, Russ, I think that that's probably a good thing for a change, because usually it's all, you make a point, and I go, yeah, yeah, good point, and then I make the point, and you go, yeah, yeah, good point, <laughs> you know, whereas this week we've actually, you know, tried to play devil's advocate on a few things, and I think it's actually... Um, been a, a quite a fair forum uh, conversation so uh yeah have you got anything else you want to add this week Russ? i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you and we we'll close the podcast on what i feel is a feel-good post i've seen on social media Ooh. and it's about sadio mani now sadio mani's obviously been in the news for you know leaving liverpool and being over at bayern now and things however post i seen today just interested me and i just like it and the fact that sadio mani is transforming um his old village so back in Senegal, it's a very small place. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, hasn't, you know, it's been kind of like poverty, you know, included in poverty and stuff and things like that. It's been obviously a tough place to live. However, a little small village of 2,000 people live in this. And what he's done is he's built a half a million pounds hospital, a quarter of a million pounds school in this village, all using his own money. He's been given every single family, apparently, in the village, $70 monthly to bring up the standard of living. He's put a 4G internet mast in for them and he's building a post office. So I really like that. I just seen that today and I thought, you know what, if this is all true, and obviously there's no way I'm going to be able to verify it, but if this is all true, that's a footballer giving back and I really like to see it. So that's what I'm leaving you with. Yeah, I've seen that many a time and it's uh, it's always... uh... You know, it's it. That's the things that really, you know, when when you're able to make an impact on people's lives in a in a real way, um, it's it's quite impressive. And you know, there's probably others that do things like that. Um, I don't think he personally publicizes it. I think it comes from you know other sources. But um, yeah, I, more uh, absolute kudos to that one. So we'll leave you on that upbeat note. I was trying to think of something really derogatory just to finish on the podcast with saying I've seen a, a tweet um, but I'll just leave it <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll call it a night there guys. Take care. We will speak to you all again next week and yeah, have fun with your game weeks. 